0: And Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view.
1: This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer.
0: Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to the Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington D.C. Joined, as always, with Eric Eggers. Eric, how are you?
1: I'm wonderful, Peter. You know, it's a uh, it's a post woke environment we live in today. You can breathe the air freely without worries about cultural censorship.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, college has changed a lot. Primary school, elementary school. Uh, middle school, high school has changed a lot since I was young. Woke mean you actually got up at, you know, 630 in the morning to go to school.
1: That's so good.
0: Uh, yeah, how yeah so you did good. That. thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and we face these challenges today because that is the biggest problem that we have in education. And that is the fact that we have this wokeness, critical race theory, et cetera. And that's what we're going to be talking about today.
1: You know, it's funny. I was actually at a party with my pediatrician and. Uh, She mentioned the fact that she's concerned. She's like terrified of sending her child to school because what happens if your child who has maybe conservative values in their home comes up and enters a classroom with a teacher who doesn't have that? Like what sort of punishment, persecution type of issues will they encounter? And that's at the elementary school level. Imagine what's happening in middle and high school and even college now.
0: Well, rather than just the two of us riffing on this, we have a very special guest today, Kenny Shu. He's the president of Color Us United. He is an advocate for a race-blind society. Imagine that. He's got a terrific book out called School of Woke that literally just came out. And we're going to be talking about that today. Kenny, how are you? Thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, Peter. It's great to be on again. Thank you.
0: So, Kenny, uh, let's start with some basic elements, um, because a lot of people hear phrases like critical race theory, um, and they kind of know what it means. But could you just give us a thumbnail sketch of what it specifically means and how it developed in uh, the United States as an idea? And then we're going to talk about how it's been applied all over the place.
2: Critical race theory asserts that America is a systemically racist country. Uh, It says that black people have the right to blame white people for their problems. Uh, It says that as long as society still has disparities, it is a result of racism. Uh, So basically, critical race theory questions that America has even made any kind of moral progress at all racially and is really trying to deconstruct the whole system of this country in order to serve basically a racial reparations agenda.
0: And what it does, Kenny, is it essentially strips any responsibility, right, of either the so-called victim or the so-called perpetrator. Because in other words, if you are underperforming in school, uh, if you're not doing as well at your job and you're not being paid as much, you can blame that on systematic racism. On the other hand, if somebody does actually encounter some level of bigotry, uh, somebody could argue, well, it's not really my fault. Uh, It's the system's fault, right? I mean, it, it gets rid of individual responsibility in any context as far as race and uh, race relations are concerned
2: right it's the ultimate de-responsibility ideology for lack of a better word it's the ultimate victimhood ideology uh when you are when you believe in critical race theory when schools practice critical race theory when schools teach this sort of philosophy to their teachers or their administrators, they're basically saying you can't blame kids for anything that they do. You can't discipline kids because that would be racist, especially minority kids. Um, kids' grades, their test scores, their artifacts of white supremacy, anyway, <laughs> because objectivity, punctuality, those kinds of things, those are white supremacist constructs. So let's not just let's just not have any standards for kids. Let's just not ask them to behave. Let's not ask them to dress well. Let's not ask them to not cuss. Let's not ask them to obey the teacher because all you're doing is obeying the white master at that point. And so the consequences of critical race theory in schools, as I think many parents and teachers are waking up to in our country, are severe. And my new book, School of Woke, chronicles this.
1: It's weird to think about the COVID pandemic as being a blessing in that way, because I think that these are things that, as you document in your book, started in the 70s and became entrenched and inculcated in the teachings of of many different schools. But I think it wasn't until we saw, because school essentially went online and became available for public consumption, just how crazy some of these ideas are. And, you know, you've worked here as a GAI fellow and and working on this book, Um, I guess What do you think was the tipping point? Or when do you think things started to change and people started to realize just how bad it was?
2: I think people are still realizing how bad it is. I think it's really just started, um, the the backlash to critical race theory. It's really been under the table for 40-some years. And then in 2021, during COVID, some parents and teachers woke up. But I guarantee you, the majority of Americans still have no idea What is truly going on in the schools? Fundamentally, they don't understand. And I think that this is something that this book seeks to enlighten people on. Fundamentally, they don't understand what schools have transformed into. They have stopped becoming primarily concerned about learning, about student learning, in which a student needs to learn certain skills in math, science, and reading in order to progress from grade to grade. Suddenly, the student has become a sort of token or a pawn to be used Uh, to be used to get funding because funding comes in per student to benefit adults basically to benefit ideologies to benefit activists to benefit school bureaucrats that's why part one of my book is entitled the inversion of the schools because rather than the schools using the resources to help children's learning the children are now used as props to help adults
0: yeah, it's it's a remarkable book, Kenny, and we want to get into the meat of it. The book is School of Woke. Uh, Kenny actually wrote this book. We uh, support him as a GAI fellow, uh, which we're very happy about. What I really like about the book, Kenny, is this is not just you pontificating. It's not just a persuasive essay or just you're making claims. You actually did a lot of reporting. Uh, for this book you reported in places like virginia santa barbara and elsewhere which i think is terrific you actually got out there uh, and looked at it and what strikes me is this movement from standards like educational standards do you understand math can you read at a certain level those are measurable right you can measure those um A lot of people in the educational establishment, I think they like the woke stuff, because how do you measure somebody's feeling better about themselves? There's better race relations. People are less racist. It's completely subjective. So it's not measured. Um, Tell us about what you found when you went to Santa Barbara, California, um, and and some of the craziness going on there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Peter, we're two two birds of a feather here, because um, I'm not just theorizing on this. This is real reportage. When I went to Santa Barbara, California, I found that, for example, Latino kids whose parents are illegal immigrants, um, you know, if you check a box that says born in Mexico in California, Santa Barbara schools will automatically put you into an ESL class, which is a racial stereotype, basically. But basically, in this class... You're not learning English. You're learning 90% Spanish, 10% English. And then they say they're going to phase in the English later. But by the time they phase any English in, you're already way, way behind your English-speaking classmates in learning the language. And you're going to be destined to to be behind them for the rest of your life. And you know what that does? That creates resentment in these kids. And that's exactly what the progressive left wants. They want resentment along the lines of race. Critical race theory sought says that the best way to exploit America's divisions is not through class, as it was in Europe, because for some reason Americans have greater class, have lower class consciousness than in Europe, but through race. Because America has a greater history of racism and slavery. And so critical race theorists try to divide people along the lines of race. And one of the most effective ways that they do that is through the education system by splitting people along racial categories to learn different things and to learn victimhood narratives about themselves.
1: So related to that, I think one of the things you get into in your book will be a massive surprise for the readers. What is the Diversity Consulting Industrial Complex, and how big is it?
2: The Diversity Consulting Industrial Complex is a network that abuses the school system's funds to profit themselves and their ideological agendas. One of the ways that you should understand schools these days, it has become a great networking outfit for activists to sort of inbreed within themselves. Uh, One of the ways that I show this is in Loudoun County uh, Public Schools, for example, which a lot of people are familiar with, but people don't really know the full story. How it all started was the NAACP, which has become a woke nonprofit. Don't get me wrong, guys. This is a woke nonprofit, um, sued Loudoun County for systemic racism, quote-unquote. And instead of this being adjudicated by a real court, uh, the lawsuit was actually settled out of court by who Ralph Northam, Virginia governor Ralph Northam, who is a democrat and was accused at the time of wearing blackface, which he did. He he wore blackface. And
0: I remember that. And oops.
2: So, oops. <laughs> and so he was trying his best to look as woke as possible, right? His incentive was to uh, was to um Cater to the woke crowd as much as possible. So in this settlement that he settled between Loudoun County and the NAACP, he got Loudoun County to give the NAACP hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to bring in diversity equity consultants and audits into the school system to do what? to further accuse the school district of racism.
1: <laughs> right, right. You guys so need to hire us that, to make sure.
2: And put everything in. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys, thank God Glenn Youngkin won that election. Because if he did not win that governor's election and Terry McAuliffe won it instead, Loudoun County would have become nothing more than a shell of the woke nonprofit activist game.
0: Well, and I think you make a good point here, Kenny. A very important point that people don't always realize. This isn't just ideological. There is a massive ideological component uh, to the woke movement, but there's also a financial one, right? I mean, there's a lot of money to be made as these school districts are, you know, taking tax revenue rather than putting it into the classroom. Maybe raising the salaries of teachers, they're using it on these consulting firms. They're hiring administrators who are making really good money pushing these memes. So so I love how you describe it as the industrial complex that it is because there's a big financial component to it as well. I seem to recall even that is that Merrick Garland's son-in-law um, actually has one of these consulting firms. Am I right about that?
2: Yeah, right. Just to just to go even deeper into the belly of the beast. Um Merrick Garland has a son-in-law. He has a daughter, Rebecca Garland, married a guy named Alexander Tanner who founded this company called Panorama Education. Um, Panorama Education is a student surveying platform that asks kids, nine-year-olds, eight-year-olds, questions like, are you transgender? Have you ever brought a gun into the school? Have you ever been bullied on behalf of your race? And basically ask these traumatizing questions right. to these students, take right. out their time. And and it facilitates the results of these surveys, which are, you know, answered by angsty nine-year-old kids, are going to give the woke nonprofits the fire to say, well, there is a racism crisis in these schools. You have to hire me for X amount of money.
1: That's insane. And think of it this way like while the schools spend money on things like this I mean this is a, your book is perfectly timed and I think it it really hits the nail on the head in terms of exposing what's happened where the focus has been uh, on education and I know you are somebody who prioritizes uh, excellence and merit-based accomplishments and you've been like on the front lines fighting against things like the removal of affirmative action at the Supreme Court because you've you know you've experienced the challenges yourself in higher education but I think people just need to remember that the states that shut down in the name of the COVID pandemic, they went online, oftentimes for woke reasons, like woke has many things, it can be transgenderism. But you know, the OG woke was, oh, put a mask on and stay home because we had to protect everybody during COVID. Those states we now know, because of the first national assessment that came out after that, they lost two decades worth of academic progress. And we know that the children who suffered the most are the minority kids that these states allegedly spend all this money to try to improve. So I mean, it, it couldn't have been exposed more clearly for being the hypocritical action that it is. And I think that your book uh, does an excellent job of helping to show who makes money off it. Because as you noted, the kids aren't the ones benefiting from these programs. They're the people that get paid to enforce them and to perform them.
2: Yeah, and this is why I had the blessing of GAI to sponsor this book, and I'm really grateful for it. Because, you know, you guys sponsor real investigative journalism in the heart of the belly of the beast. Who are the people funding? Who are the people abetting? Who are the people benefiting? Um, This whole incentive structure in schools is upside down. It no longer benefits the schools to help kids learn. It actually primarily benefits schools to um, – if if kids continue to do poorly. Because if they continue to do poorly, especially minority kids – then they get more funding to compensate for the poor results of their kids. Um, In Baltimore City, for example, um, the state of Maryland passed a massive, massive tax increase on their their families to finance the improvement of Baltimore City schools, which were doing very poorly at the time. And it turns out Baltimore took so much state funding – they vastly overspent it, gave huge salary increases, got accused of tons of corruption because the mayor was actually accused of selling $500,000 worth of her books to the school system. Oh, I
0: remember that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would love that, you know. <laughs> Why don't we sell $500,000 worth of school of woke? But uh, if I was the mayor, I wouldn't do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly.
2: Um, but uh, But as a result, over the past 20 years – Baltimore city schools have not improved. They've actually regressed. And now their math proficiency rate is at
0: 6%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All the, 6%. All, all, the, all the incentive is to perform poorly. That's how you get more money. I mean, it doesn't yeah. happen that yeah. way in the private sector. It happens the opposite way. The
1: irony is the kids in Baltimore aren't embarrassed by that because they don't actually know how percents work. So it's <laughs> <that's> like six. <laughs> like, is that out of right, 10? Right, it's good, right, right? Exactly.
0: Well, here's the thing I appreciate about this book as well, Kenny. You did a lot of on-the-ground research, granular. It's so important. It's not just uh, what we call a Google book where people just spend time on google and they don't do anything else you actually went out in the field i also like it because part three of the book is titled the parent led revolt in other words if you read this book and i would encourage everybody to pick up a copy of it school of woke by kenny shu uh it's not just saying here's how terrible everything is you actually recount and show how parents are actually fighting against this they are leading the revolt they are standing up against school administrators uh school board members uh showing their outrage and they're actually organizing to fight this so there's an there's grounds for optimism here let me ask you is david actually going to defeat goliath because we know that these school administrators have so much money so much political power are you optimistic that parents can actually win these battles
2: I think when parents come together, they can win. Um, you have to be, don't get me wrong though. You have to be very disciplined and you have to be very educated about what's going on in the schools, which is why I recommend this book for you to win because they, uh, the other side has 40 years ahead of you. Yeah. They have 40 years of a head start against you. But here's the way heres the way it works and I, I sort of tell about how the sausage gets made so you can, for lack of a better word, break the sausage. <laughs> you uh, go... You know, um, first, you know, you got to go to your local school board and you have to win elections, school board elections. Then your school board candidate needs to look at the funding sources and deny that funding to that advances this the, the woke agenda in schools. Then, at the state and federal level, you need to advocate for laws and policies that tie funding to student outcomes, not adult inputs. That's not what's happening in Washington right now. That's not what. That's not what's happening in Annapolis or uh, Tallahassee right now. Um, that's what you need to do. So it has to be local, state, and federal, and at your dinner table. You need to educate your own kids about why it's important to be colorblind. Uh, to stand against the critical race theory that is infiltrating your kids' minds.
0: Well, and I would just say, I mean, you and I are both a product of public schools, uh, and we could say, oh, that was a long time ago, they're so terrible now, and they are. But public schools, I think, are worth fighting for, and you have to fight for them. And it's very tempting for people who can afford to do it to simply say, I'm going to put my kids in a private school, uh, and to hell with the public schools. And I would argue if you do that, you've seeded the ground, Eric, um, and um, you're setting up future generations for us to lose, because they will indoctrinate kids, and they, and they are doing it right now, and they will win if we cede them this ground.
1: I think the one takeaway for me, and I think the takeaway for many parents of- school-aged children from the COVID era is that you are empowered and you are in charge and it's up to you to make sure to take responsibility and ownership over the experience your children have in school. If you don't like that they might be exposed to something in the library, then be aware of what's in the library, right? And raise flags as many people in the Moms for Liberty groups are doing. Uh, If, you know, you don't feel like the cultural... Um, Inputs at the school are good. You know, there's virtual schools. There's a lot of options now for kids, but you're absolutely right. We should not cede public school uh, to the land of the woke. And I think that, but the step one is to your point, you have to know what the landscape looks like. And that's one of the great things I think Kenny has done in this book because it can be quite scary. But I think the good news is, is that there are parents for common sense, picking up wins all over the place.
0: They are. They are. And I would recommend people pick up School of Woke by Kenny. It can be intimidating if you're a parent, because when you go into these school board meetings, the experts will tell you, I'm the expert. I'm the one that has knowledge. You're an ignorant parent. Essentially, sit down and trust me for it this book will equip you to know exactly what they're doing in your schools and how to fight it. So Kenny, I commend you for doing the book. What are you working on now? What is next? I know you just finished this and it just came out. What are you gonna to continue to focus on education? Are you looking at other issues? Where are you headed now?
2: Yeah, so my group Color Us United, we are fighting DEI, a diversity, equity, and inclusion across all platforms, higher education, K-12 education, Uh, Medical schools is something that we've recently had a recent victory on. We compelled UNC, University of North Carolina, to rescind their DEI policies that would prioritize doctors of a certain race over the most qualified doctor. So don't get me wrong. I'm laser set on actively fighting for an excellence-based America. And you can find out more at colorusunited.org.
0: Well, I would say get in touch with Kenny, get a copy of his book. Not only is a fierce lion as a fighter, he's also a terribly nice guy. So you will enjoy to get to know him and he will fight shoulder to shoulder with you wherever you are battling uh, these forces. Eric, your final thoughts
1: that I do think that the city of Annapolis is clearly a a great client, you know, so sell some books there. <laughs> Let's sell some books to the, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the school system in that way. No, I think, uh, I, I do think this is maybe the most important issue facing the country today, more than anything else. We, we talk a lot about Hunter Biden and federal government corruption, but actually I, I gave a speech uh, not too long ago and they said, how do you get people at the local level to register to vote and to engage? And because I think that so many people are disaffected. And I think the the point to make is that Hunter Biden's story matters, but it's not going to impact the way your kid grows up. It's not going to impact who they're going to become as an adult. The school they go to will shape that, right? The local government and the culture and the way that the values they see every day in the school system and for parents to seed that ground, as they have done uh, for such a long time, I think is one of the reasons why we are in the shape we are in the country today. So I'm glad that people like Kenny are doing things to help empower and equip parents to start taking back control over their own families, because that's really what it comes down to.
0: Well, we've been talking to Kenny Shoes, the author of School of Woke, which I highly recommend. He is the head of an organization called Color Us United, which is fighting for a race-blind society in the United States, so important. And we're also very thankful that he's been a GAI fellow as he has written this book. Uh, we thank you all for listening. Uh, please reach out to Kenny um, if you are fighting this battle and you can find our podcast at the com or wherever great podcasts are located. Thanks again for joining us until next time.